Welcome to another edition of the Instant Journeyman Podcast, Whatever Wednesday series. That's where we have guests from all over the map to talk about anything ranging from sports to politics, musicals, food, and even safety, or really whatever we want to talk about. Uh, So please enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is none other than our good buddy, Falcon. Uh, Falcon and I cover a lot of hot topics, Um, uh, school reopenings, mask wearing, or in his case, lack of mask wearing. Uh, We talk about the fact that I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to equality and equity. Uh, he, he, he kind of, I, I shared something that I saw and, and I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. And then he explained what it really means. And I kind of like said, oh shit, I need to pay more attention to, uh, researching before I speak. <laughs> um, then we talk about masculinity and, and, you know, uh, whether or not we are lacking that or have enough of it or you know, have an overabundance of it uh, when it comes to just everybody out there. Uh, we also talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in, in politics and, and, and everything else like that. It's a, it's a great episode. It's a long episode, two hours long. We had a great time. Uh, we were actually live. And one of my favorite things was we had somebody ask a question and uh, Falcon and I both uh, answered it. And I was very impressed with his answer. And I was surprised by my uh, answer to the question. Um, I didn't even think I would uh, come up with that. So <laughs> uh, tune in and enjoy. being such a fucking savvy tech motherfucker you are like worse than jim i mean i just follow the instructions you gave me did you though i I mean i'm making it up as i go i'm not like i got a better idea i mean literally let me do my way you are you're the only guest. Well, you and Jim. Alex, right? And Alex. And yeah. Alex, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the most only handsome guests. But have, you, uh, have you had Hunter on yet? I have. Yeah, no problem. I don't believe that. I, I, I think this is a discrimination against handsomeness. And Hunter's very handsome, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking that he should have had problems. He is quite the looker, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. He is Are you recording right now? This is good stuff. I am. I am. This is, uh... All right. Cool. Got my uh, <clears throat> coffee topped off, and um, it's a beautiful 9:30 in uh, Gainesville. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? I haven't talked to you in forever. I uh, I, I wanted to have you on because there's so much going on, and I, I I love getting your your input here. Um, is there a lot going on? I feel there is no. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's always a lot going on, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a way, there's always something to talk about. Um, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's to talk about? What's going on in, in, uh, in your world, personally? Things are good? Uh, personally? Uh, things, yeah. things are good. Things are good, yeah. You were, you, were supposed to face, you were supposed to FaceTime me and give me a tour, and I was like, waiting. You said, I'll do it tomorrow oh. around 2.30, and I was sitting there oh. staring at my phone, waiting for you to FaceTime me. 
So I, get to I don't believe that for a second that you were waiting. Never, for me, but never I, happened. I, I, uh, I do recall that. I apologize. I probably got you know <laughs> caught up doing something with the boys or whatever. But yeah, I um, new house is great. I, uh, I freaking love it. It's uh, so much space and you know just. It's, it's different living in a house versus living in an apartment. You know, I, since I was oh, 17, yeah. I've lived in an apartment, uh, moving from New York City, you know, which I had 220 square feet, Miami, I had 850 square feet. Um, and then now I have, uh, you know, quite a, a bit. <laughs> quite um, a bit. An upstate mansion. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's so nice because it gives us room to grow. I gotta say, you gotta put your uh, OnlyFans money somewhere, so you might as well buy a house. Right, you. right. You know, you know, what's, you know what's really funny is like, uh, Fran's friend was doing an OnlyFans page, and she classified it as like tasteless or, or not tasteless, <laughs> Taste, tasteful. Sorry, <laughs> Becca, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> tasteful, and um, she and, she categorized yeah. it as super slutty. Yeah, and thanks, Jared. And, and and she was like, she was like, you know, she was making like fifteen hundred bucks a month. And oh, I was like, damn. So I, I told Fran, I was like, I was like, you know, Becca's doing it, and she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, I heard whatever, and you know, we were talking about. It. She's like, you should do it. I was like, shut up, you wouldn't let me. She's like, hell yeah, I would. I was like, <laughs> all right, maybe I got a new right. career at my head. Nice. Um, Don't do it. I mean. Because God forbid Jim or I or anybody else ever found out that you were doing it. Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Tell me about I it. Mean, <laughs> I mean, if Lou found out, oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, here's, be, here's the thing, that. though. It would be under a pseudo name. <laughs> here's the thing. Lou's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou and I were going to take buddy photos together and post them. So. Oh, God. Podcast is over. It was fun. Thank you. And <laughs> nothing lost, to do with this. Lost listeners there. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, no things. Things are going really well on my end. I, uh, I I found out that the boys are going to go back to school full time come like end of April for a month and a half maybe, <laughs> um, which is a joke because they go to school uh, two two hours a day now, which is a, a joke as well. Uh, but yeah trust yeah. the science yeah yeah cool well that's yeah it's it's um to me it's 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 crazy i you know i'm i think that they should go you know if they're going to go back to school i think they should go to school full time uh you know through the summer you know if you want to just do three or four days a week but full time i'm i'm on board with it and and i don't mean this in a in a mean way but you know i i, I when i when you and i went to school we were in school from you know let's just say eight o'clock to nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. We were in school for like six to, uh, you know, seven to eight hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wonder like, okay, so I was in school seven to eight hours and these kids are in school two hours. Are they even learning? So, so like that's, that's where I'm like, you know what, let's, let's catch up. And, you see all these people on social media. They're like, "Your kids are not behind. It's just an expectation that you're setting, and uh, don't be worried." And blah 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 blah. I'm like, no, nobody's behind. Everybody's way, behind. <laughs> they're falling way behind. You know, like yeah. there's a curriculum for a reason, right? And and I, I mean, we can get into the whole like, 
do we believe the school system works in general? Yeah, seven uh, but, eight hours might be too much as it is. You know, like yeah, but, right, right, exactly. But at the same time, I mean, I think two hours is too little, and I think that uh, you know maybe maybe we uh, maybe now's the time to revamp the curriculum. You know. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you think they've, they've definitely got some lost time to make up over the last, you know, year or whatever. So, um, you know, why wouldn't you have them go to, uh, to class a little bit during the summertime? Um, you know, if anything, to sort of lessen the, the, the time they've lost, you know, and whatever, you know, they haven't had the time to study. It seems like a no brainer, but, um, I imagine that's not going to happen for a lot of probably political reasons. And, um, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm glad I, to hear that they're going back full time though. Um, at least for a little while before the summer kicks in. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we just had, um, like, a you know, our, our local school board, um, had a meeting last week. Um, and on the agenda was, you know, how to handle because, you know, we're we live in this, the free state of Florida. So, you know, the kids have been going to school. That's um, true. They've just, you know, they're required to wear masks, at least in our county. And there's there's been a pretty big pushback from a, a segment of the population about, you know, requiring the kids to wear masks at school. And at the school board, it, it came up, you know, a whole bunch of people called in and came to the meeting. And there were a bunch of people outside the meeting with signs, you know, saying, you know, we want you know the kids out of the masks because... Sometimes for learning disability reasons, right? Because some kids need to be able to, you know, read lips or something like that. Some of it's for skin conditions. Some of it's just because, you know, parents feel it's psychological torture or whatever. Um, so the board got an earful um, of, you know, some parents. Um, but then, you know, there's other parents on the other side saying, well, if, if, if you don't require masks at school, then, then, you know, I don't feel safe sending my kid there. Um, then homeschool. Well, yeah, but, you know, it, it, one side is going to tell the other, well, you know, homeschool your kids if you've got a problem with the way we're doing it. Um, it's just a totally untenable situation that they've kind of backed themselves into. Um, but it was, it was, you know, from my perspective, it was encouraging at least to see parents, you know, organizing to stand up for what, what they think is important. You know, they don't want their kids in, in masks for whatever reason, um, psychological or or. You know, do you, uh, do you, do you, do you sway either way? Do you care either way about, about your child wearing a mask? <laughs> uh, yes, I have an opinion about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, these are hard hitting questions. That's why you come on the instant journey, man. Okay. Yeah. Falcon. So, yeah. so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, my, my, uh, my opinion on that would probably come off as an assault to many parents that are listening to this but um I, I think it's just absolutely psychological torture to impose this on kids um and i don't necessarily fault parents for having their kids wear masks but um i think it's it's borderline criminal and I'm, i mean i say that knowing full well that you know you probably have your kids wearing masks because they have to um, yeah absolutely and you know yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I don't mean that as an attack on you i just but i i, I told my you know there's no way my kids are wearing a mask like our grandparents tried to you know, she like, you know, made a mask for, for my daughter, you know, which was very sweet, mm -hmm. but I was just, I just shook my head. I was like, no, I mean, she's also three, you know, it's, I, I don't know right. what the dividing line is between a three-year-old and a 12-year-old or whatever, um, versus a 17-year-old wearing a mask. But I definitely feel very strongly about, you know, three-year-olds shouldn't be wearing masks. 
Um, no, I, I get that. I get that. I, I mean, I so I've always been a believer, and now this is this is you know, my my parents had COVID, which uh-huh. you know sucks. It really does. Like they 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 struggled with it for a while. They had like high temps. My mom was up to like 102, you know, and this is like two weeks ago or something like that. But um, they, you know they're just getting through it now. And, and I've seen the struggle and, you know, for a while there, I was like, it seems like it's serious for some people. It's, you know, not that serious for other people. And then it's nothing for some people, you know, Jim, Jim got it. And he was like, dude, I lost my taste and smell. And I was working out every single day. What's it? Yeah. Um, Jim didn't get COVID COVID got Jim. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I have a couple other friends that just lost taste and then was like, you know, had one bad day. And then I have like some friends that like were really, really sick, flu-like symptoms for like two weeks and, you know, struggling and this and that. Uh, my parents, a similar situation. And, and so like, it's tough to go ahead and not take it seriously and not saying that you're not taking it seriously, uh, but saying like, you know, not wearing a mask. Cause I'll tell you what, I mean, my mom and dad, they wear masks everywhere they go. Right. And so mm-hmm. how did they get it? You know, and, and, and you wonder, okay, how did they get it? I don't know. Uh, did they get it from work? Did they get it from, you know, somewhere else? I don't know. So it's, it's just like, what works? And then do you get the vaccine? And, you know, like, like all these things play in your mind and you're just like, what the hell, what do you do? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think at this point, uh, it was interesting at the at the school board. I was taking notes during it, but it was you know one of the um, board members or whatever was saying, you know, uh, you know this this. I'm glad that you know we're, we're, this isn't really a political issue. I was just like, no, this this is this is an extremely political issue, um, and people have sort of tied their their you know horse to uh, or you know their cart to a certain horse. And you know if if you decided you know six months ago that masks are important. Um, for whatever reason, you know, maybe because, you know, you've done the research and you came to that conclusion or because, you know, uh, you know, politically the Democrats, you know, said to wear them and the Republicans didn't and you identify as one or another, you know, for whatever reason you came to your conclusion six months ago. Um, I don't think a lot of people are, are changing their opinion very easily because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, they've, you've, people have kind of built an identity around it, right? It's like, I'm, I'm pro mask or I'm anti mask. Um, and for you to abandon that uh, initial judgment, you know, implies that you were wrong originally. Um, and, and that's just really tough for people to do, not just about masks, you know, about anything. Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't see people, you know, short of, you know, the most thorough paper coming out in the history of the world saying one thing or another. Um, even that, I don't have any confidence that that it would change people's opinion. Um, right yeah so and and, you know the vaccine is is probably just a different iteration of of that conversation um you know for every person that says oh you know wear two masks it's 95 percent effective and you know there's another person you know probably me who says you know okay well you know what about what about these studies here where you know you compare this county to that county and you know the outcomes are exactly the same and you know one had masks and one didn't and it's like oh well you know uh, you know, people must have been going from one county to the other. And that's why, you know, it's just like, whatever. Like, none of us have any idea. Um, all we know is that we're asking kids to wear masks. Um, 
and there doesn't seem to be good justification for it as far as I'm concerned. I, I mean, I just, I look back at like my days, not even as a three-year-old, you know, as a high schooler. Like think of like your best high school memories, like seeing your friends smile and joking and just having a great time. Now imagine not being able to see your friends smile because, you know, you can, well, you can see people smile with their eyes. Bullshit. Like, you know, I just, I just think of all the rich experiences I had throughout childhood interacting with my friends and having a great time. And, you know, no, I, we're evolved to, to, you know, look at each other's faces and to use that as sort of um, a way to interpret people's emotions and the environment. And I just, I just, no, I agree. You know, no, I agree. I, it's almost it's, no cost it's, worth it at this point. It's funny because um, a friend, you know, she she uh, she wears a mask. You know, when we go into the store, I wear a mask when we go into the store. I, uh, I what do you call it? So I I, I was talking to her. Uh, she came home from work one day and she stopped at the grocery store and she goes, uh, "Oh my god!" She goes, "I just got home and I realized I was on the phone with a friend that just moved. She was on the phone with a friend that just moved." And she goes, "She goes, I walked into the store." I'm grocery shopping for like 10 minutes, you know, and she goes, even when I wear a mask, I still smile at people. If they look at me, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you know smile. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm talking on the phone. And then I realize, holy shit, I don't have a mask on. And these people are looking at me. And she's like, I don't know if they're casting judgment, but then I just smile back at them. She's like, so they must just think I'm such an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. <laughs> like, I mean- so. Welcome to it my world. Funny. Every, every time I go into the store, I mean, I, I don't wear a mask anywhere I go except for my daughter's tumbling class on the weekend because, you know, I guess we've all you got a line to. that we're whatever. Like, but like going to the grocery store, you know, it's required to go in there. But I just say, you know, f your rules. I'm not wearing one. Um, but you know, I'm I'm exceedingly polite to everybody because I know that I'm sort of rubbing some of them the wrong way. Um, You're bucking the system, yeah. Yeah, which is you know uncomfortable. It's definitely. I mean, it's less uncomfortable for me to do it now just because I've been doing it for, you know, a year or you know, however long we've been doing the mask thing. Um, so I'm more, but even, every time I go into the store without a mask, you know, like the, the first minute or whatever, it's like, you know, I got to kind of give myself a pep talk to be like, I mean, not that sounds extreme, but like, I got to be like, okay, here, here we go. I got to be prepared to be confronted over this. Um, and I need to make sure that I handle myself, you know, with respect and dignity and, and grace because... You know, this is my belief system, and um, you know, I, I don't want to you know, confrontational because that's not going to win any hearts and minds. Obviously, the wife. Let's say, let's say you go out and you're shopping with the wife, or mm-hmm. she wear a mask. Uh, yeah, she does um, for you know host of reasons, but um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I poke her and, and laugh at her, um, and she knows <laughs> how I feel about it. Obviously, uh, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've only been kicked out of one place so far. Um, oh, really? Straight up kicked out. Yeah. Everybody else, for the most part, is, is fine with it. Um, or if they're not fine with it, you know, they're not willing to start a, you know, con- uh, sort of controversy over it. Um, so, and, and that was a little bit uncomfortable, you know, the one time I got kicked out, but, you know, it was their business. So I was like, yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah, you have to you have to respect it, right? Like you can't you might not you might not agree with it, but you have to respect their Well, their so I mean, it was like a cat lady used bookstore, so like shocking. Um that you know, they were very, you know, Nazi about the mask situation. 
Um, right. And they said, you know, sir, you need to have a mask to be in here. And I was like, okay. And I just ignored the guy and kept on shopping. And he said, sir, you know, and like two minutes later, he saw me again. He's like, sir, you need to have a mask to be in here. I was like, okay, I'm almost done. And then, uh, you know, finally somebody was like, sir, you need to leave. So it was like, as soon as they said, you need to leave, you know, that's potential trespassing. Um, so I was like, all right, you know, you said the magic word, um, you know, I'm out of here. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I was kind of trying to be smart about it. I was like grabbing a lot of books. So it looked like I was going to buy like, you know, $400 worth of books. So I was like, do you really want to kick me out? I got $400 worth of books here. <laughs> um, but, you just lost yourself some business, sir. But apparently they, they <laughs> principles over profits for these people. <laughs> you know, so. ah, you got to, again, you got to respect it. I think that's fine. Um, I mean, maybe. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's that whole conversation. It's been had hundreds of times, but, uh, I don't think it's going away. Like, you know, these, these masks are, are not going away anytime soon. So you don't think, you don't think they're going to go away? No, of course not. Of course not. Not going away anytime soon. So, I mean, there is no, there is no law that that's, that's, that's the kicker is there, there really is no law. Um, you know, going, saying that you have to wear a mask anywhere you go uh, it is up to the individual owner, but there are repercussions to that owner if they choose not to enforce that is from what I understand. Sure. Like in New York state, if, if, if you don't, like if the police are called on you, they can't force you to, they, they, I, I have a bunch of friends that are police officers and they, they say like, there's, there's no law. Like you can't, we can't enforce it. Okay. We can't hold you down and put a mask on you. Right. And we can't arrest you for not wearing a mask. But yeah. they can arrest you for trespassing though or something like that. Right. I'm but but sure. even 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 on top of that, like if you were to walk into an establishment and they just let you do that, you know, they, they and somebody else called the cops on you that wasn't the owner or anything else like that, they can't do anything. But from what I understand, if like you're at a restaurant, New York State can't legally do anything but the new york state liquor license they can go ahead and take away your liquor license or fine you or do it yeah so like yeah. they they kind of like sneakily underhand you know get you yeah welcome to uh you know freedom in america yeah you know yeah for sure there's this this big lie we tell ourselves as americans that you know we're the land of the free and you know oh this could only happen in russia you know where the state will abuse its power and stuff like that but that's not the case you know, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I I don't I I know that you and I differ on this. I don't really care one way or another. Like if if I have to, I have to. Is it annoying? A hundred percent. Do I one hundred percent agree with it? No. But I'll say this. You know, I my kids this whole summer or this whole winter, they haven't gotten one cold, the flu, nothing. So it is kind of not easy because they don't. They're not getting sick. You know, they. When you wear a mask, you can't put your hands in your mouth. You can't put your hand in your up your nose, you know, stuff like that. So so to me, it it, it, it kind of like you got rid of the common cold. You got rid of the flu. You got rid of all this stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, small, small price to pay. Wear a diaper on your face for the rest of your life so you can't get sick. I'm not saying that I want to. I'm not saying that I will. I'm just no. saying that it's, it's a nice feature that, you know, it, it, isn't it nice that the common cold and the flu has gone away? Yeah. Like there's, there's no, like was, no reports of it. Yeah. It was, it was nice when, you know, the Jews didn't have to, uh, you know, worry about, you know, working anymore because the Nazis gave them plenty of free labor to do every day. And it was, it was great. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not joking. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah, was, I know. I know. I know you're not. 
It was great. Hey, hey, you guys um, don't have to. Uh, you don't have to work anymore. We'll uh, we'll give you plenty of work to do. It's great. It's just a sacrifice worth making. Well, and and that's and that's the argument that's happening right now with with the the whole Colorado shooting, right? The whole Colorado shooting that just happened, and you know the the, the white guy that shot everybody or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and what's what's crazy is like that now again the conversation comes up gun control, and you know it's you know somebody somebody said, well, wouldn't it be nice if we just made murder illegal? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it is illegal. Why does it keep happening? You know, so it's 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 those things that you have to start using common sense when 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 a shooting like this happens it's not it's not let's just take away guns let's ban guns you know all you know i think all mass shootings are committed by men so let's just ban men you joke about that but i think there's a lot of people that would be okay with that yeah I don't know. Am I joking about that? <laughs> like, I'm, honestly, I'm not joking about that, but like, yeah, I, I think people are serious about you know that sort of rhetoric. Yeah, no, no, no I agree. I agree. I, like, what's 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 interesting is you know, again, I'm I'm more along the lines of statistics, and statistics show that more people are murdered or uh, injured by knives than there are guns. Um, you know, and knives are readily available, and knives will never go away. Uh, more more people are killed by doctors than guns. Are we going to ban doctors? I did not know that. Yeah, it's not, it's overwhelmingly so. I actually wow. think, yeah, I mean, you know, hospital induced deaths and stuff like that. You know, accidental as they may be. Um, you know, and, and surgeries go wrong and all, all the other things that you know you're exposed to in a hospital that you know had you not gone to the hospital you wouldn't have been exposed to these things. Um, yeah, we're not going to ban doctors just because you know, people die at hospitals. Yeah. So, so like that, that's, that's my point is, is you can't go ahead and, and and say like, okay, because of this, I'm going to now take away this. No, you, you have to think a little bit deeper. You have to think a little bit more realistic and say like, okay, you know what, you know, maybe we do a a mental health thing. I, and, and I'm not, I'm not for or against it. I just, you know, I mental health keeps coming up. Well, these people are mentally ill. They shouldn't be allowed to have guns. Okay. That's fine. You know, but who determines if they're mentally ill, right? That's where it gets. That's where a lot of people will debate and say, like, yeah, you know, who it's, does? A, it's, a, it's a gray line. Yeah, that, that that transgender associate assistant health lady that you know in Biden's administration, she's the one who determines if you're mentally fit or not. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe that's the case. I'm but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's... Your, your your judge your your fitness is going to be judged. Your mental fitness is going to be dressed a judge by some. You know, person who's clearly mentally unfit in your own estimation, um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's just this, this is coming. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that you know they're, they're going to use some sort of, um, you know, mental health barometer. I was that. listening. I was listening to. I, I don't know if it was on the news or a podcast because it all blurs together. But they said uh, the, the fall of, of an empire usually happens right after they start focusing on the sex of individuals, like the sexual, not sexual orientation, but the, um, the gender mm-hmm. and how they do it and how they, they do it. They, and and it, it's, it's been proven that it happened, you know, for the Romans and, and like every, every single fall uh, has, has right before it, they were so fixated on, gender and and so fixated on that and 
it's what do you think that is uh, my honest answer and not a politically correct one i think it's because uh you 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 grow you grow soft uh, because people start fixating on you know male toxicness or toxic toxicity i, I don't even know what to say. is that right so but they, they focus on that and so so men are not allowed to be men and to you know have that testosterone going and that urge to defend themselves and do things like that so you inherently become softer in my opinion and when you become softer it uh you know it, it people see that as a weakness and can you know feel free to attack you and and you don't have the ability to defend yourself <clears throat> sure did you see that paper um, last week or so, the news item that was going around talking about the uh, decline in sperm and sperm quality and sperm counts and testosterone? No, I did not. Yeah, it was um, Swan, I think was the lady's name, or I think it was a lady. She wrote a, a book about, um, like, you know, she I think she's an epidemiologist looking at... Um, I can't remember if it was testosterone levels or sperm count or, or both, or but, it, you know, pretty much the quality of... of um, men's reproductive abilities in some, in some, you know, facet. Um, and there's just been a, a marked decline, um, in sperm counts, um, in the last, I don't know, 50 years or something like that, 40 years, like it's dropped like 50% or something like that. Um, wow. And, and there's, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's not like it's, oh, it's gone down two or 3%. And it's like, just, it's fell off a cliff. Um, and I mean, I haven't looked into the paper, so I don't know how, not that I'm a scientist. But I thought I, I thought you were going to say I haven't checked. Is. I haven't checked my levels, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I check them every day, Jared. They're strong. They're high. Um, yeah, but oh, you know, and, so like, is that, and, and how, is, how is that, that that's affected by outside things? Because like or like, ooh, how is that affected? Well, I, I mean, I guess I should read it, but yeah. So a lot of ways, um, and I don't I don't know what way she went into, but diet is certainly huge. Um, you know, the seed oils that we feed ourselves and xenoestrogens um, are a huge problem. So, you know, you should go to your your kitchen cabinet and throw out all your vegetable oil, all your sesame oil, all your seed oil. Um, just get rid of it all. All the polyunsaturated fats, fatty acids, get rid of them. Um, that's, you know, but it's also probably environmental um, a little bit, you know, uh, people being sedentary, um, you know, sitting around playing video games more than you know, going out and running around, um, you know, or, or sitting at a laptop or a computer desk all day, you know, sort of like this chair um, sort of posture um, all day. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's lots of reasons for it. I think pro my, my hint is it would be heavily dietary related, um, you know. Like okay, so it's not, it's, not, it's not just the, the mental aspect of things of everybody saying that males are evil and everything else like that, right? Um, well, I mean, one probably feeds the other to some extent, but, you know, I, I don't think, you know, just like pure, like propaganda on the television, you know, listening to like attacking masculinity is then like filtering into somebody's brain and down into their balls and being like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to kill ourselves, you know, sperm or something like that. Um, I, right. I think it's, you know, it's, it's more, you know, physical inputs that you're putting in your body from a dietary reason. Um, and then also, you know, sedentary lifestyles and things like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, and, you know, as, as men's testosterone levels, and I, and I don't know if this is tied in this paper, but, you know, testosterone levels um, are way low um, relative to, you know, where they are historically. 
um, which isn't a surprise, right? Like you, you see guys walk around in, in skinny jeans and, um, you know, like hipster stuff and you're like, yeah, like nothing, nothing screams testosterone, um, you know, to me about, about that guy. Um, and, and that's sort of normal and, and, you know, it's, it's not even normal. It's promoted, um, in popular culture in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, to, to think that the extension of that then is, um, sort of maybe a faltering society or something like that, or this ability to sort of question gender roles or gender definitions, um, seems to jive with, with what you said earlier um, about how that sort of preceded, um, every collapse of, you know, any empire or whatever. Yeah, uh, def definitely seems to make sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, and, it's scary right now, in my opinion. It's scary that we are. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's it's scary that we are in this area where all of a sudden, you know, masculinity is bad, and and you know, what do we do to fix it? We just go ahead and and make a softer, you know, a softer uh, core or base. And you know, you, you like I saw uh, a news article that said China is legit promoting male, uh, you know, focus on masculinity, so they can go ahead and and be you know more dominant and things like that. And I'm like, holy shit! I'm all about equality. Listen, I'm all about you know women being able to do men's jobs, men being able to do women's jobs, and 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 all of that. And and I, I don't care what race you are if you are going to do a better job, do it. Um, but I, I, I do fear that we are saying, Hey, you know what? Um, women have been oppressed for too long. Uh, and, and same thing with minorities, you know, like they've been oppressed for too long. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and make up for it. Uh, and, and, you know, we're going to, you know, the, the white male or, you know, the male in general is, is going to go ahead and not be able to take certain positions and not be able to do certain things because of it. So that, that scares me a little. I mean, this, this is, hmm. all right, well, gloves off time for a little bit. Well, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, first of all, look, look at what's promoted as sort of like healthy masculinity in society over the last, you know, like our lifetime, pretty much, you know, for every sort of you know, Tim, the tool man, Taylor on, on home improvement, who is, who seemed to be a, you know, pretty stand up dad. Um, you know, you, you had sort of like a, was it Al Bundy figure sort of in, in married yeah. with children, you know, mm -hmm. who, you know, was like, it was a good show. It was a funny show. A but bumbling, like, a bumbling moron. Bumbling moron for the most part, you know, sitting on his couch drinking beer sort of thing. Um, and yeah. And like that's sort of been normalized to some extent. It's, it's certainly just gotten worse, you know, and you know, a lot of TV programs now, um, you know, make the dad sort of, uh, you know, an optional character, um, or, you know, they, they're promoting shows with, you know, two moms or something like that, you know, all, whatever, you know, you want to say about all that stuff, but the ability, the, the, uh, prevalence of good male role models in popular culture is certainly under, under attack. Um, and you see it everywhere. You see it in like men's magazines, uh, men, men's magazine just this week was talking about, um, you know, the, the, best you know positions for sex or something like that and it was like you know uh, missionary is good if you're having sex with a partner um who has a vagina or something like like they wouldn't say like a, a, a woman because they were like well because not all women have vaginas or whatever like you know they started using this coded language um to respect you know transgender people or something like that in like an ostensibly men's magazine like men don't 
at least the men that I want to hang out with and, and, you know, pretend to be like, I, I, I'm not going to have sex with somebody who, um, you know, has a vagina and is not a female or something like that. Like this, this idea that, you know, men's identity issues are, or can sort of be subjected to, you know, woke culture, um, is just another way that, you know, this idea of masculinity is, is sort of under attack. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's, it's tremendously problematic because, you know, you're, you're, you can design society f- for, you know, to be aspirational or, or to be, you know, uh, about equality. You know, we're either going to make everybody equal. That's the outcome of our society that we essentially aim for, or we're going to sort of build a society around allowing people to, you know, reach their potential. Um, it, you know, at the expense of other people or not at the expense of other people, but, you know, relative to other people, it's going to be uncomfortable to some extent. And, and we've completely traded off the, the latter for the former. Like everywhere you look, I think in, in society now, it seems to be, you know, equality um, should, should be our goal. You know, we want to, we want to make everybody equal. And I, I think that's a huge problem because that just doesn't jive with like natural men, male tendencies anyways. Like men are hierarchical. I mean, women are too, but like men are extremely hierarchical. Um, and to sort of uh, remove that from our nature or try to remove that from our nature is, is just, I, I think it's going to be very unsuccessful in the long run at, at some point. Does that, does that make no, sense? I, I, I mean, I'm trying to work yeah. right through this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. It does make sense. I mean, I, I saw something the other day that said like equality and equity are, are two different things. And, you know, one is what you strive for. The other is what you give. And um, I, for me, I think, I think equality is great, but, you know, it, and, and, and it, showed, it showed three people standing on a box. And it said, oh, you know, yeah. one box. You know, and it says, you know, one guy's super tall, one guy's middle, you know, like height, and then one guy's really short. And equality is every, everyone gets a box. And this guy, the short guy, still can't see over the fence. The little, the middle guy can see over the fence barely, and then the tall guy just is even taller. <laughs> so, you know, equity is the tall guy gives his box to the shorter guy, and now all three of them can see over the fence. And and I look at that and I say, that's what we need. We don't need equality. We need equity. We need people to go ahead and, you know, <clears throat> uh. And not just spread out the wealth. Like it, it, it always bothers me that. And by no means am I rich. I, I have no, I'm nowhere near that. I wish I was. Um, but it, it bothers me when people say, "Oh, you know, just tax the rich and and give it to the you know poor." You like pull the Robin Hood thing, mm-hmm. and you say, "Well, that doesn't really work. It doesn't work um, because then you never you you just kind of enforce this." And I'm not going to say behavior, but you enforce this, this, uh, uh, what word am I looking for here? You enforce this, uh, uh, I'm going to say behavior because I can't think of any other word. Expectation or? Yeah, expectation. There you go. You enforce this expectation that all of a sudden I'm going to be getting more free stuff, you know, and, and not have to worry about it. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I think, you know, I've had to work hard for everything I've done. Has, have I, gotten places because of you know who i know and you know uh, my personality and things like that oh i'm sure i have i and i honestly i can't think of one thing like every position i got 
I applied for, I went through the interview process and I didn't know anybody. Um, I've never, I've never worked somewhere where I've, I've been like, Oh, you know, Oh, you know, Tom. Yeah. Tom's, Tom's, uh, Tom's, you know, Jeremy's <laughs> okay. dad's friend and he'll hook you up and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was like, you know, and, and I'm talking about every like real job I've had. Sure. You know, like not like, you know, I think working at a pizzeria, I worked at a pizzeria that, you know, uh, somebody knew somebody and, and they're like, Oh, oh Jeremy, you know, privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was 16, yeah. sorry guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that that, that was the springboard to your yeah that catapulted me into, into who I am today. Man, I could I could um, clean a really good pizza table. Right, exactly. Working the minimum wage was was uh, exactly what springboarded me to where I am. But no, I, it's to me it's it's pretty straightforward. Like I think that everybody should work for what they have. And yes, there are situations where you need to. Um, you know, uh, like you need to realize that people can't get out of their situation, you know, their, their circumstances. Um, but, and, and if we want to help that, uh, you know, those, those people get out of those circumstances, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Help not just give so, them free stuff, things like that. Okay. So here, here's, I think, so I, I've kind of gone very much against this idea where I, I don't believe in equity or equality at all. You don't believe in equity, huh? No, I'm, I'm, oh, definitely not equity as it's defined in popular. I mean, equity is 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 a term that has been. Well, I don't know if it's been bastardized, but it's in essence in essence equality of outcome, right? So it's it's saying anytime there's unequal outcomes, you know, we need to fix that, um, regardless of sort of the, you know, why there are those equality or those unequal outcomes. Equity, I think, is a is a terrible idea. Uh, people are going to work. People are going to work. And, you know, have different levels of talent. People are going to have different levels of effort. People are going to have different levels of luck. And the idea that we should, um, you know, try and smooth that out, I think, is just a terrible idea for for a couple of reasons. One, what what are the boundaries of of how you def- define who's in your in group? Is it is it all Americans? Like, are are you trying to become equitable? across 330 million people, you know, who live in you know, a host of different cities with, you know, local pol- politics that are very different, you know, like why should people in Florida be, you know, trying to strive to have equity with people in California when one state pursues crazy policies and the other one doesn't? Um, is, is, is your equity, is your goal of equity more global than that? Like why, why just stop at the borders of America or, or is it more local? And like, why, you know, why, why would we limit it to just the state? Why wouldn't we go for just your, your city or even your community? Like there's just no way to put a proper boundary on, on your preference. And I guess, I guess I never, I never read, and and that's, that's, that's really bad on me, but I never read the definition then because that, that was not what I was thinking of uh, when, when I, you know, and, and I went based off of a fucking picture. You know, picture says a thousand words. Well, None it, of those it, words it, it, describe it, what you just described. It's an emotional, <laughs> it's an emotionally appealing picture too, right? Like I don't, I like, I remember the first time I saw that picture, like it, it, it kind of like not to like be over emotional about it, but you know, pulls at your heartstrings, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like I am for that. But you also right. kind of realize those are three people who kind of like, A, they either look like they know each other or it's an, ex- it's an extremely personal environment. It's like, oh, there's two people literally right next to me. I can clearly see over the fence. Why wouldn't I help this other person who I can like clearly right, help? Right, right. And, and versus that, and this idea of like, oh, you know, we're going to tax you an extra two percent 
and, and, uh, and only accept, uh, you know, an Asian American applicant for this job halfway across the country because of equity. No, eat a, eat a something, um, that, you know, is, is not polite to say, cause like, why, why am I making these sacrifices for, um, an in-group like this is, this is a huge, like, I think where the dividing line is, right. You need to have in-group and out-group preference. And historically that was very well defined, you know, thousands of years ago, right? Because your in-group was very clearly, you know, the people in your village who shared a, you know, racial or ethnic bond with you and a common culture and like these things. It was like, okay, I'm willing to make these sacrifices. It doesn't matter if you're in Europe or if you're in like, you know, in, uh, in uh, Mexico, you know, you know, like Aztec era or whatever, like, you know, you had a clear bond with these people that said, okay, I'm willing to make these sacrifices because I, I have some sure. sort of, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've got some sort of, you know, common tie with these people that I'm willing to make these sacrifices. Whereas now it's like, you know, how do you define your in-group out group? Like we're all Americans. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's, there's a lot of people in America that I, I pretty, you know, want nothing to do with. And there's no reason I would want to include them in my in-group for the sacrifices that I'm going to make personally. Um, and that's like really uncomfortable to say, right? Cause like I grew up with this idea, Oh, we're all American. Like let's, we're all in it together. Um, and that's appealing, but like, what's the common bond that makes us American? Like I've, I've really been struggling with this question recently. Like I'm not sure in America is unique in a way, right? Because we're a very new country and you know, we, um, you know, I don't think we're necessarily a nation of immigrants. I think that's, I think that's, uh, propaganda, but you know, we, we don't have as clearly identifiable of a common lineage as many other cultures or countries do. Um, so, you know, America is really unique in that way and, and aspirational in many ways, but this idea that, you know, there's idea of, of what it is to be a common American. Um, maybe that was the case 20, 50, hundred years ago, but I, I'm really struggling to see that now. No, I, I mean, <clears throat> I would, I would agree. Like I'm, I'm struggling to see like what the, what the common theme is, right? Like I, I, I used to think that everybody, you know, loved this country and everybody wanted to see everybody succeed. And it was, it was all for one. And yeah, I, I, maybe I was looking through rose colored glasses, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, man, we have never been more divided now. And, and, and I'm not saying it's anyone specifically's fault. Like I'm not saying it was Bush, Obama, Trump, or Biden, but I'm just saying, man, when when we were younger, and maybe it wasn't, it was because we didn't pay attention to it, but we never had this issue. We never had the issue of being so separated in things, and maybe it was because we were we were kind of sheltered. But well, man, I'm yeah. I mean, we we did have these issues. Like, let's not think that you know the past was all. You know, well, okay, yes, I'm t- in in the, in the in the '60s, '70s, yes, but like in the '80s, you know, I was born in the '80s. You know, in the '80s, it seemed to be getting better. In the '90s, it seemed to be getting better, and then yeah, I, you know, I 2000s. Some, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, in the 2000s, it was getting a little bit better, and then all of a sudden, it just started like kind of like I think we hit a peak, and then now we're tra- trending downwards. You know, and and uh, and I think personally. I think it's political. I think every single issue is political. 
it's because one side disagrees with the other. So automatically it's bad. And they pin each other, uh, they pin e uh, things against each other. And to me, that's, that's the problem we have is if we literally got rid of political parties and you just ran, and I've said this a million times, if you ran on your sole beliefs, I think, I think we wouldn't have this. So have you heard the, the, the idea that politics is downstream of culture? No. Okay. So this is where I, I very much disagree with you. I don't think our problems are political. I think our problems are 100% cultural. Because, so the idea of, of, of politics is downstream of culture is, you know, think of a stream that's running, you know, from, you know, top to bottom or whatever. Any problems that manifest themselves upstream inevitably end up downstream. So all of our problems that we have politically are not because we've got somebody polluting the water at the political point of the stream. Everything that we have problem with politically is because the pollution is taking place further upstream and that's at the cultural level. Like, you know, if you look back in American history and again, this is rose, you know, colored glasses or whatever, looking back at history, but like there are definitely some sort of golden ages or golden eras of American history that are sort of idealized. Um, just to pick two, one of them is certainly sort of the post-World War II, you know, America of, you know, picket fences, you know, uh, new communities, um, you know, people having good jobs post-World War II, boom, you know, um, which I, I think, you know, kind of our parents, uh, in essence, kind of grew up in, at least in their childhood. I can certainly think of my, my dad grew up in that, you know, it was like, you know, westerns cowboys and indians you know sitting around the radio at night with your family all that stuff probably over idealized but like there's that that idea of an america that existed another one is the one that you and i grew up in i would say the you know 60s and 70s you know don't they have a different type of idealization of the 60s and 70s sort of free spirit hippie movement is kind of tied into that you know civil rights movement tied into that maybe a little bit too um, and, and there's things that are sort of, you know, Forrest Gump, you know, uh, you know, that are idealized about that era, but, you know, there's also a lot of turmoil, you know, Vietnam and things like that. And then the America that you and I grew up in, I think is also another sort of rose colored, you know, glasses sort of version of America, you know, like, you know, riding your bike through the streets, no helmets on, you know, latchkey kids, um, you know, Michael Jordan and McDonald's sort of America. Super idealized, but yeah, it was super pot. Like, I mean, I had a great childhood. It was an awesome time to be an American. I thought, you know, Whitney Houston singing Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl sort of like is, you know, what I think of. Sort and of no like, controversies about it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah nobody's kneeling, right? Uh, Whitney didn't put up a black power fist and take a knee at the end of the song or something ridiculous like that. Um, you know, and plenty of criticisms to be had of all these eras, but I, I think that's sort of how I paint them with the most broad brush. Um, and then we've definitely taken a departure from that, right? Like, like what about our modern society is, is aspirational? I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certainly things you can pick and choose, but you know, we, you see these articles about like, um, you know, Joe Biden talking about like maternity, you know, flight suits for women in, in the Navy or the army or the air force or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, that, that's actually really dystopian. I mean, not to say that like, you know, women shouldn't be in the military or anything like that. I mean, that's an opinion that I'm open to having, but like the idea that we would put a pregnant woman anywhere near like a militarized situation 
is totally dystopian from like, you know, if you're just like, oh yeah, who should be fighting our wars? Pregnant women. It's like, what? Like all throughout human history, pregnant women are sort of this like beautiful thing that should be protected at, at all costs because they're carrying life in their stomach and we make sacrifices for them at, at every turn. Like, you know, if you see a pregnant woman in the store, you know, 20 years ago, like you let her cut in front of you in line, you know, you make sure if she drops something, you go pick it up for her because, you know, this woman is carrying life inside of her stomach. And now we're going to have maternity suits for these women who carry life in, inside their stomach so they can go carry out war. It's like, is that not the most dystopian thing you've ever heard of in your life? Yeah, we should be focused on, on other things. But then, but that, then again, that sounds sick to me. Like that, but, that but, literally sounds sick to me. But then again, you run into the problem that you are discriminating because they're pregnant. You can't, you can't fly a plane. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that. Is that is that what you're telling me, Falcon? Actually, because she's pregnant, you can't fly a plane. I am telling you that actually. Yes, I'm very much <laughs> telling you that. I, I think I think our, our cultural issues are so rotten that we've lost sight of what's really important because because we've moved into this hyper rationalized world where it's like you know we can solve all of our problems by just using our brains and and science is is God and and we've lost any sense of 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 God for that essence, for, for that matter, like of, of the spiritual side of humanity of, of, you know, what it means to, to be a, a community and to have some sort of common aspirational goal. Like, you know, look at the churches we build now. I mean, this is sort of a low hanging fruit example, but the churches we build now are, you know, made of lumber and, um, you know, they're not beautiful. They're not, you know, we don't build medieval Gothic churches anymore, you know, that are, that are totems to, to to your god you know partly because we can't anymore and the reason we, we can't, can't afford it no it's not about we could definitely afford it if we wanted to it's that you can only build the cathedral of notre dame if if you are so moved by god that he inspires you to build something that beautiful we just i, I don't think that as a as a culture and this is a worldwide culture or at least a western culture phenomenon like we've we've become too devoted to the rational world that that we don't appreciate you know the spiritual world nearly as much and and we think things like okay well yeah there's no reason a woman couldn't fly a plane while she's pregnant you know um you know in in service of the military it's like yeah technically that is possible but should we be doing that no like we should we should have much and, and this all ties back to again like the idea of the 50s america like i'm not saying that women shouldn't be in the workforce or anything like that but you know you talk to a lot of women and you know, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of career women out there who love what they do and they wouldn't trade it for the world. And, you know, families aren't for me. I'm happy with my career whatever, but there's, I don't, I don't think that's normal. I think that's been normalized from like a, from like a propaganda standpoint. I don't, I don't mean propaganda pejoratively. I just like, that's what's pushed on us from like a, a marketing standpoint. Um, but you know, I think most women, if they had their druthers would rather be married to a, a guy who makes plenty of money and they can stay home and, and watch the kids and, you know, work as they want for the most part, but by no means, you know, do women want to feel like they have to get a job to, you know, contribute I, to, I feel know. the same way though. Yeah. How so? I would, I would much rather be married to somebody who has a ton of money and just work at will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, sure. And like. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, these descriptions are fit everybody and, and whatnot, but, um, and, you know, I struggle with them too. Like, this is me just sort of grasping, you know, through the forest right here and trying, trying to make sense of it. But, 
Um, you know, this idea that like, okay, not to pick on Al Bundy again, but like, you know, think about what that show was about, right? It was a guy who was a, like a shoe salesman, you know, who can afford, you know, a house with two kids and a stay at home wife. Like, like what shoe salesman nowadays is going to be able to afford that a beautiful, you know, like a nice two story house and like a nice middle-class neighborhood with a wife and two kids and like, you know, I, I just so I think so. That, my question to you is: yeah. Do you do you want to raise minimum wage to fifteen or twenty dollars an hour? Well, I mean, that doesn't doesn't solve the problem, right? Like, it, it that doesn't fix the underlying the, the 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 spiritual rot that is here is not solved by material solutions. Like this idea of whether it's fifteen or twenty dollars an hour. Like, like this is this is why not to get all Trumpian or anything like that. But like, this is why like Trump was not the solution. To any of our problems like i mean he was he was um you know a, a different direction that we could have taken as a country but you know by no means was was trump going to have some sort of like um you know conversation about the the soul of america and like you know which direction we need to go um you know we've we, we live in in such a material world um that our our problems that are coming are are also hugely uh problematic um, that's kind of tautological but like you know this this idea that it's a question of whether we want more capitalism or more communism or more socialism like as far as i'm concerned those are the same those are the same systems there, there's not really a huge difference between them they're all they're all sort of um, breaking your problems down in, into sort of material solutions um, that you know you think that the solution of things is just you know more money or a different way to allocate money or something like that our problems are more spiritual. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm, I'm trying to figure this stuff out also, but. Um, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't think voting for Dan Crenshaw because, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to say, well, we need more capitalism versus more socialism is like going to fix America in, in five years. You know, it's not like, How dare you don't bring up Dan Crenshaw. It's not like all of our problems. Treasure. All of our he's problems. a national treasure. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I know. I, no, I'm a big fan of his, but um, you are. I'm trying to get him on the podcast, but he yeah. he only takes emails from people that live in his his area. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's tough. But no, no, I listen. I think you're 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 certainly right in a lot of areas there, um, but I'm I'm struggling to see. Um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in certain in certain things that you mentioned, right? Like, so how how is it that I I, I kind of get the whole idea of the trickle down or not the trickle down where where it doesn't come down from the politics, it comes from the um, culture, culture, and 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 I, I kind of get that, but at the same time, is, is so so would you go then go ahead and say the politicians? Um, you know, magnify that the, the, the issues? Would you say that they enable the issues? Would you say that they, because they, they're certainly not helping. Yeah. Um, so to some extent, we, we're going to ask ourselves, is all this inevitable because we live in sort of a, a liberal democracy, right? Like, are these problems inevitable anytime you have a political structure that is, you know, representational, you know, whether, well, Take a step back. Like we, we live in a liberal world, and, and that's that's fine. Like we've we, the twentieth century was, you know, wars were fought over what political system we should pursue, 
right? You know, communism, fascism, and liberalism were in essence the three um, parties in, in World War II. And liberalism and communism ganged up to defeat fascism in World War II, and then liberalism and communism had a fight, and liberalism, you know, won out over Russia, um, in essence. So, so we live in this world where we sort of um, accept that, you know, we're going to live in representational democracies and whatnot. And anytime you have that, you're going to have elected officials who you have to ask yourself, are they beholden to their representatives or to the people that they're representing? Or are they beholden to, um, you know, special interests? And obviously it varies to some extent, you know, they they all have to get elected. So, I mean, they they have some sort of uh, responsibility there to their constituents. But as far as I can see, every single politician is, is, is going to put themselves above the people. And I, I feel uncomfortable saying that because it sounds sort of, uh, sort of jaded. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's inevitable, like in our, in our system that, that, um, you know, cause who's giving the, the politicians advice, right? It's, who's giving them their advice, special interests, not, not because these are all like bad people who are trying to get America or anything like that. But, you know, like you, it's natural for any company or any person to try and influence politicians to the betterment of, of, you know, that company or that person. Um, so it's just part of that. I think the nature of our government, that, that that's going to happen. Is that answering the question? I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to make sense of it. Yeah, it answers. It answers. I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying that like all politicians are just like terribly crass and they don't care about the people. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do to some extent. Um, I'm even skeptical of that obviously, but, or honestly, but, um, you know, I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're, they're going to look out for, you know, how, what best gets them reelected. Right. Um, and I think personally, pack money or something like that. I think personally, like I, I see it, I see it all the time. So, you know, I'm on the board or I was on the board and then I wasn't on the board. Now I'm on the board again. You have to run for it for my, my, my condo. And, uh, I see it, I, I see it on that level where it's people will just say what they can to get into power, you know? And, and uh, listen, I'm torn, right? But like when you, when you look at how much money, senators, congressmen, women, things like that make, you go ahead and say, wait, wait, this is a civil servant job. This is not a career. And and it's turned into a career. And, you know, only people that are power hungry, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that want to have power over people do that. Listen, I, I, I and, and this is coming from somebody who I, I would love to be a freaking congressman or or senator or something. I would love like to that. have power and over people. I would, I would love to have power over people. Are you kidding me? Um, no. But, but truthfully, like I, I would love, I would love to be in politics. I just don't, I don't think I could ever be in it for m- multiple reasons. Um, but uh, when, when you look at it, you say like, holy crap, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, here you have all these men and women who just all of a sudden you know, get power and they the little bit of power that they have because you need all of them to do to make things happen, right? You need everybody in Congress or everybody in Senate, or at least fifty percent to make a law or pass something and things like that. So for me, 
I go ahead and say like, those are just greedy people. And we shouldn't have them making 200,000, 150,000, 300,000, whatever it is, um, because comp drives behavior. So they're going to want to stay in that seat for as long as they can, because they're going to be making pretty good salary. I would go ahead and say the max they should be able to make is a hundred, the max. And, and they should have a limit to how many terms they could be in there because when you are in there so long, you just become part of the system. And, you know, I think you should get in there. You should try to do what you can and then get out within two term limits or, you know, just like the presidency. You know, I, I, I think, I think it's a great thing that we have term limits because could you imagine, you know, more than eight years of somebody? Oh my God. You and, and I'm not saying this because I, I didn't like him. I, I actually really thought a lot of his policies were good. Um, I disliked a, a bunch of stuff that he, you know, said and did, you know. But uh, for me, I look at it and I say, like, Trump, I would go fucking nuts if he was president for 16 years. Oh, because I could, so I could. If only we were I so lucky, Jim. Or Jared. Uh, if only we were uh, so yeah. lucky. Well, again, policy-wise, I might agree with you, but when it comes to everything else, I I wouldn't be able to handle just hearing the fucking news. Yeah, I was I was like I was like this is a this is a blessing that we don't have to hear it anymore. Um, and and like I said, I like there's certain policies that I didn't agree with him. There's certain policies I I really did. I, and and the same thing's gonna happen with Biden. There's some things that I'm gonna be like, oh wow, that was a good idea. Um, and probably not the majority of the things, right? <laughs> taking taking the stairs was not one of them. <laughs> but for for me, I'm just like, man, I I really I couldn't imagine seeing anybody longer than those eight years. I think eight years is a great thing, um, and I think that that should be for pretty much every single political you know seat. That's just again my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to the idea of... Um, but that will never happen because limits. those people would have to give up uh, the freaking... What do you call it? Oh, they, they would have to give up They would have to give up power. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm certainly open to the idea of, of the term limits. I, I don't necessarily agree with, with the salary part. Like, I think, you know, if, if you limit yourself to $100,000... Um, you know, there's a lot of very quality. You're going to get a hundred thousand dollar quality. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. To some extent. I mean, I know we should see it as a public service, but you know, but, but the bigger issue is, is not, you know, these people make, you know, $200,000 a year. It's, it's, you know, how do they make $200,000 a year and then end up worth $80 million? Right. Like the mm -hmm. fact that that's just not talked about every single day that Nancy Pelosi's net worth or, you know, pick any, pick any politicians net worth who's been in politics their whole life. Like you're telling me you've made, you know, Hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year every year, and you're worth a hundred million dollars. Like, some you know, obviously something's not not right there, uh, because you know that salary times forty years does not equal you know hundred million dollars or you know whatever you're worth. So there's obviously corruption takes place and in insider trading, and you know there's different different. Um, you know, if 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 I participated in, in some of the you know insider trading that that they participate in, you know, I would be in jail. Whereas they obviously aren't because, you know, rules for, for thee, but not for me sort of thing. Um, yeah. You know, so I, but again, you know, I, I think any of these politicians are, are, are not going to be offering us solutions that fix our problems because 
because they haven't in the past. So I don't know why we would expect them to in the future. Like, I mean, you know, you know this, just look at our, our current financial situation as a country. You know, we have so many unfunded liabilities that, you know, it's, we're, we're essentially bankrupt. We've just managed to kick the can down the road long enough that, you know, it hasn't come to the surface yet, but it's only a matter of time um, until, you know, all these bills are due. And the question is, you know, how are we going to pay them? You know, inflation seems like, you know, the most obvious answer that we're just going to, you know, so, you know, when you and I are 65 or whatnot, you know, we're going to have, you know, $2,000 a month uh, in social security or whatever it is, but, you know, it's going to be able to buy you like three bananas or something um, just because they'll, you know, have made the currency so worthless. Um, that's depressing. Yeah. I mean, oh, if, if anybody out there is listening, that's, you know, our age, you know, in their, in their thirties and they're expecting to live off their social security uh, money, I, I recommend you to, you know, reassess that, that's, that, uh, that strategy of yours. Cause you know, I, I don't think that the money that we're putting into social security and our payroll taxes is none of it's going to be available to us in 30 years. Um, or, or if it is, it's, it's not going to be worth the paper it's printed on literally. Um, so, you know, th these are all, you know, bigger, bigger problems that, you know, are, are not going to be solved again with sort of minor tweaks or minor changes to, you know, who we elect, you know, in the year 2020 or whatnot. Like our, our problems are much, much deeper than that. They're, um, they really are spiritual. Um, and then it's interesting you say that because I, I don't, you're not a very religious person, right? Not, not uh, traditionally, no. Yeah. So, so, so for me, when you, when you say like, um, you can't build certain things because of, uh, you, you don't have the, uh, you know, people like worshiping their God and, and, and thinking that, 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 that God deserves such a, a beautiful masterpiece and things like that. Cause that's basically what you said. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I, you don't paint the Sistine Chapel because you're getting paid good money. Like, I mean, you can paint a ceiling cause you're getting paid money, but you can't paint something so beautiful or so just overwhelmingly awe-inspiring because somebody's paying you a lot of money. Right. You, you, that, you know, that will never be the, the spark of divinity or spark of beauty that, that uh, you know, or spark of creativity, like, because somebody's giving you a lot of money. You know, like, Interesting. Uh, yeah, be beauty, beauty comes from, you know, immaterial means. That's why when I, <clears throat> when I talk about, like, our, the world we live in has become overly material or it's, it's too, of a material, too much of a material world. Like that, that's what I'm getting at is that our, all of our incentives have been built to improve our material well-being, and, and they're not <clears throat> like, that's, that's why, like, that was the appeal of Marion Williamson, you know, as, as a political candidate, I probably disagreed with everything she had to say politically or from a policy standpoint. Uh, but she was at least, you know, trying to talk to people in a different language than traditional politics. Um, you know, and she's kind of like, you know, the Oprah woo woo candidate, you know, um, but, you know, she was at least trying to tell people that like our problems are not material problems. You know, we, we live in this world where we're told that, um, you know, the, the squiggly line on the, on the stock market must go up at all costs. You know, as long as that's going up, things are good. It's like, well, you know, 
that doesn't mean anything. You know, we're material better off than we were 50 years ago, but just look around you at people like we're unhealthy as a society physically, right? Like obesity is like a huge problem in our society. It's, that's very clear with COVID, right? Because the people who are most heavily affected by COVID um, are people who, who have uh, weight issues or obesity issues. Um, you know, that's, that's not casting judgment. That's just, you know, saying what's, what's come to light with this. Um, and, you know, because we're more material well off, you know, you'd think that that would lead to a society of people also being, you know, more physically healthier. But that, that's obviously not what's happening, right? Um, because as we, as we grow richer, um, we're growing also more and more unhealthy. The same thing's happening in China. This isn't like an American problem, right? Like China's getting wealthier and then they've got a generation of like fat kids. I think that's happening there too. Um, and I'm saying like that would not happen if, if, if um, the society was spiritual, spiritually aligned in, in a virtuous direction. We'd be prioritizing like our physical health um, more than we prioritize like working, you know, 12 hours a day so that, that the, the stock line can go up and where we're all just, you know, um, functions of GDP. You know, like that's, that's how we derive our worth in society. It's like, oh, you make how much money? Okay, stock line goes up, good. Like we're doing our part. Um, I, I think that's yeah, I mean, spiritually bankrupt. I think that's what I'm getting at when I talk about the spiritual aspect of it all versus the material aspect of it. I like it. I, I mean, I, I think you're you're not you're not wrong there. I think well, you're I mean, not I'm wrong. probably wrong, but you know, it's, it's no. I, I think I think I think you're pretty accurate there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think th those are the problems that face America in particular, but probably all of the world in general. And I mean, you know, who who are we to solve them? You know, nobody, but also everybody, right? Like you have to right. You have to make I mean, the change. Well, it starts it starts somewhere. If everybody, if everybody thought, you know, who, who are we to, to solve it, then nothing would ever be solved, right? Yeah. And it, and it has to be done both locally and, you know, nationally or globally or whatever. Like the conversation has to take place at multiple levels of resolution. Um, but, you know, it has to change, I think, because like, you know, I want my kids to grow into a world that's, um, you know, a virtuous world to live in. I, I think I think kids right now are screwed unless we start writing the ship. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, but I but then again, I think every single generation thought the same thing. Just because previous <laughs> generations were, were wrong doesn't mean that we are, though. I mean, I know that sounds like sort of... Yeah, what a dick. Know. Well, I mean, but it's true. Like, you know, just... Maybe they weren't wrong. They were just, you know, wrong on the timeline. And maybe we are too. Like maybe, like I'm not, you know, convinced that we can't just like continue to kick this can down the road for 75 years. Like, you know, that, that could easily happen and these problems don't manifest themselves in our lifetime. But the farther we kick the can down the road, the worse the, the reaction to it is going to be or, or the pain that needs to be suffered, um, you know, is, is going to be. So the extent that we can actually do something about that I think it's incumbent on us as, you know, now men who are coming into sort of the mature years of our lives. I mean, I mean that, you know, obviously we're not old, but like, you know, as, as the responsible men in society, we need to be making every effort that we can to push back against this ideology that says, you know, you know, pregnant women should be fighting in wars and you should be working 12 hours a day for some corporation that's going to fire you as soon as, you know, COVID hits and it's convenient for them or something like that. Um, 
like, you know, there's, there's plenty of very legitimate criticisms of capitalism to be had um, in, in the way that it's sort of um, centralized power into corporations and so on and so forth. Um, and th those are all very, very valid criticisms that I'm, that I'm very much open to. Um, not to say that the alternative of, of like, like, I think it's a false dichotomy, right? It's not either capitalism or communism. I think, like I said, those are, those are two sides of the same coin for the most part. But, you know, it's incumbent on us as sort of 35 to 50 year old men in the next 15, 20 years of our life to, to do everything we can to push back against this and to build better communities and better institutions for our kids. And How dare you say 30 to 50 year old men? I know, I know, I know. Uh, people who have uh, male genitalia or what, I don't even know how it goes now, but um, yeah, it's, it's incumbent on us to, to help to help fix this and, and not to buy everything from Amazon just because it's convenient or whatever. Well, I mean, I, I'll do my part. I know that, I know that, uh, that doesn't, like you said, that doesn't change anything, but I, um, um, I'm, I'll do my part. Uh, I, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to, uh, to get you and Jim to, to, to do the whole, uh, you know, retreat thing for, uh, we'll do like an instant journeyman retreat and do, you know, kind of what we wanted for JFUP. Mm -hmm. Do like a fun well, weekend. There's a huge demand for this stuff. You know, is like, there though? Yeah, no, there is like people, people want it. Like, and I don't think that's just like my like echo chamber talking to me. Like, you know, if, if you like have a, you know, a, a chat with, you know, another dad at like, you know, your kid's baseball practice or something like that. Like some dads are just like, you know, whatever, don't care. But like, there's plenty of men, men specifically who look out in the world and they think like, you know, God, there's gotta be something more to it than this. Um, like, you know, my sense of community, like, again, that's what it comes down to, right? It's, it's, it's in-group, out-group preference. And that's, you know, I, I finished a book in, earlier this year that was very interesting. Um, don't recommend it for everybody, but um, it's um, called Elementary Particles. It's by Michelle Huelbeck. And, and he, in essence, talks about, you know, the atomization of the modern world. And, and he was, he's a French author, and he's talking about it in France and how the sexual revolution in, in France um, really crippled... Um, you know, what it meant to be French in a lot of ways and um, divorce rates and all these, all these things that go into it. But in essence, like our sense of community and his, and his argument has just been completely undermined. And, and that's why we have a lot of the problems we have now. Um, so it's on us to build better communities, which is tough to do, but it's, um, it's something worth trying because that's how, that's how we, I, I think, orient ourselves in the world, right? In so, so community. I, I kind of like that. And, and, you know, building from your community up is, is, is not a bad idea, right? No, don't try to do it from a fucking global level or a national level, start off mm -hmm. in your community and then build it up. I, I kind of like that. I, you know, I, I'm new to the neighborhood now, so I'm thinking maybe I will see if, if there are other dudes out there like me uh, that, that have that need. That's a great, that's a great idea. And, and you, I mean, you can do it in a hundred different ways. I mean, you can, you can literally go to a sign shop and print out like, you know, little, like, you know, you know, like, like the Trump or Biden political signs, you know, like the little yard signs, print, mm -hmm. print out 15 of them, put them in your neighborhood, be like, you know, men's group, 
you know, meeting at the park at, you know, seven o'clock on Saturday morning or something like that. Like, I'll bet you people will show up. And if you show up, you know, for five weeks in a row and nobody shows up, then it doesn't work out. But like, you know, the people who do show up are the type of people that, you know, you probably want to be um, associated with. Associated with, yeah, because they're like, oh, shit, it's men's, this sounds a little bit weird, but I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to go see what this is about. And yeah. Then, you know, just like host a workout for free, you know, on like a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. See who's going to do it. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that, but like, you know, find like-minded people in your community. And then, you know, I promise you, if you have any success in it, you know, other men are going to hear about it and be like, God damn, that sounds cool. I wish I had a bro club to be part of. You know? Right. Right. Like, I guarantee you men are looking for this, especially, you know, men with, with kids or, or younger kids. Cause you know, as a dad, like you, you see it with like, you know, your kids, it's like, you know, what, what options are available to them that are like, that you're really excited about, you know, activities for them. Like, you know, Boy Scouts is not really, a, you know, the Boy Scouts of America as the Boy Scouts of America is, is totally lost and gone. They're, um, yeah, yeah, they've, they've yeah. lost their way 100%. Yeah. But you know, there are, there are other sort of male fellowship, you know, replacements for it that, you know, are out there. Um, but like, you know, those are things I think it's just really important for, again, and I can only speak for men in particular, but like, you know, men need other men in their community to have, um, to, to achieve great things, right? Like most, most men don't go out by themselves on their lonesome working in their garage by themselves and creating great things. It's usually done in a group of, of sometimes two, maybe more, but like, you know, that's, that's, and I'm not talking greatness as far as that's how you go make a billion dollars. I mean, it can mean that, but like, I think men need fellowship and men need brotherhood and the availability for that nowadays is more and more difficult to find because, you know, I, I don't know why that is. Um, but uh, well, I, I know I, why it is because it's, it's, it's frowned upon right it's now. Frowned upon. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Great point. But I, I think that's something that we as, you know, sort of the up and coming, you know, male generation, that, that's a worthwhile goal for us to take on as men to say, listen, how can I build a community of like-minded men in my community that I a, enjoy hanging out with? Cause that'd be fun. I mean, I don't need to spend every hour with them. Like I, I want to spend time with my family and stuff like that, but you know, like how, how do we do that? And, it, and you don't need to, you know, recruit every guy in the neighborhood. You know, you just, just need a small pack of wolves um, to, you know, to inspire you to, to do great things in your own life, whether it's your own work or your fitness goals or whatever. Um, and, and I think that was really uh, an unfortunate turn that we made um, to some extent is, is sort of outlawing men's clubs, you know, in the last 20 years because they're discriminatory or something like that. I, guess, I think it's important for men to have men's spaces and for women to have women's only spaces. Yeah, what was really cool is like my 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 dad back in the day. Well, my grandfather back in the day. He started up. Uh, he was part of uh, the this, the founding fathers of this one club called the Wurzburger right. Club. It was a it was a it was a Wurzburger. Um, uh, it was a restaurant in Buffalo, New York, and they had a Wurzburger Club. They would you know do some fundraisers and whatnot. They would do like golf outings. Uh, they would do a trip, an annual trip, things like that. Um, and 
uh, and they would have meetings every every week. It was a bunch of older guys, like my grandfather, you know, probably like in their 50s, uh, 60s, you know. Uh, at the time, when I was young, it was super old, right? But now I'm like, eh, 50s is not that old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe he so, has so much energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, he's not he's not banging on death's door yet. Um, so, so for me, uh, yeah, I look at that. I'm like, man, I would I would love to do something like that. I think it'd be really cool. I think it would be, um, you know, neat to have a club like that where we end up, you know, doing the golf out and doing the fun things that 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 guys do, right? Having co- some cocktails, you know, hitting some golf balls or. Or, you know, playing cards, like they would do card night as well and things mm. like that. You know, I don't want to like be like too old and just like like play pinochle all day long, right? Yeah. Or, or dominoes. But at the same time, I, I do enjoy a card game or two. <laughs> um, you know, so so like that that to me is is, is very appealing. And and one thing that I, I lack here that I didn't lack in in Miami um, is like minded people, like you said, that like doing things uh, you know, working out. I have, I have one buddy here that works out and, and, uh, my, you know, and Ian, he, he likes to work out too. So he's always up for something fun to do outdoors. But uh, for the most part, it's not really, I don't have anybody here where I like, I had you, I had Jim, I had Alex, I had Cassidy, I had Carly, I had, you know, like, uh, Melissa, I had like a ton of friends in Florida and Miami where I could just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, you want to go mountain biking today? Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's something that I strive for. So it's really interesting to me to, to kind of, and, and it, it gets my like, you know, creativity fluid and going being like, okay, what can I do? How can I do it type deal? So, so I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it would be, it's, it's going to be fun. Like I, I'm gonna, it's going to be on my list of things to do, you know, and that list is growing crazy amounts, but uh I, I really, I think that's a good idea is to kind of create a, a club. And I, I mean, I think I have to do a better job of calling it not just a men's club. Um, <laughs> why not though? But like, well, why not? You, you uh, full disclosure, full, full honesty, I, because yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be like kind of frowned upon. People are going to look at it and be like, who the fuck yeah, is this guy? It's a good filtering mechanism though, right? Because the people that are going to frown upon that, you're like, dude, like you're, if you join the club anyways, you're just going to be the one who says like a year into it, you know what? Maybe we should let some women in. It's like, no, like right. would, this is not the, like, so use that as a filtering mechanism. Cause think about like, if you're driving down the road and you see two signs, one says men's club and the other one says, um, you know, Social club, guy, yeah. Opportunity for guys to kind of hang out a little bit. You're like, I'm gonna go to men's, club. <laughs> like, men's club sounds cooler. Like, like, but so I mean, yeah. To tie this back into the retreat, like retreat idea is awesome. It's important um, because that's one way to sort of disseminate the ideas elsewhere, um, or you know, allow people to come in. They get you know, they get um, you know, pollinated, and then you know, they go out into the world. But like these things also have to very much be done locally um, because that's that's where the changes are that, you know, need to happen to some extent. Um, which don't get me wrong. You know, if, if this takes off, you know, like this idea of, and people, men start doing this around the country, it'll, it'll definitely get giant pushback, you know, yeah. the media will call it, you know, sort of a beer hall push, you know, and this is sort of uh, just, you know, pre-Nazi part, like, the, you know, they'll, they'll go off on this. This is toxic mask, all of it, all of it will happen. 
and it'll be incumbent on the men to say, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, well, then, 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 then I'll get, if, if it takes off and it's because of me, I'll, I'll get, I'll get invited uh, on to, you can get Dan Crenshaw on your podcast. He'll have you yeah. on his. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll, I'll get invited on to like Tucker Carlson or something like that. It's so funny. Every time, so, every yeah. time, like I, I see it online, I see online, like, I, cause I follow CNN stuff. I follow fact stuff, but every time I see something, but Tucker, it's like, this person said that he uh, was targeted against because he won't wear a mask. And they were, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, he, he has like regular Joe's come on the show all the time. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Talk about their, their woes. It should, that's the way it should be. Cause like, you know, the other people who come on those, you know, programs just, you know, they're not regular people and, and they don't represent regular people's thoughts, you know, like, yeah, most yeah, we don't need to get into it, but like, most people are not that crazy. Like most most people see like you know the woke stuff going on and they have reservations about it, but you would never know by watching you know the, the you know mainstream media or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like I I talked to parents and, you know in my kids daycare and I had a conversation with um you know the like, one of the guy who works for the the builder for the development I live in like yesterday about like schools, like where he's sending his kids to schools coming up, you know, cause they're like pre-K age. And yeah, he's like, yeah, I think, you know, we're not Catholic. We're not religious actually, but we're looking at the Catholic school and we're looking at the Jewish school. And I was like, okay, like what's up with that? He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I feel like those have the best curriculums available to my kids right now. I, I don't feel comfortable like with the, the sort of the public school options just, like, and this is, this is a guy who, as far as I can tell, seems totally like straight line down the middle, normal, like, you know, just a regular Joe. And even him, he's like, yeah, I, I just, I don't feel good about this other stuff. But you don't hear that. Like, you know, you don't hear that opinion of like sort of the normal guy being like, yeah, I've got doubts about, you know, this whole woke, you know, education and all that goes along with it. All we're told is like, yep, this is the way to go, and people are going along with it. So you know, shut up and go along with it too. So, so my my question to you is, when you have conversations like this with people, with random people that you don't know, because I'm I'm just meeting people in the neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how do you how do you bring it up without sounding like a total nut job? Or yeah, you well, you just you no, just so you just sound well, like a total nut job? <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course you don't want to do that. You you want to you want to frame it right. So like. I start off with something super extreme. <laughs> I bring them back to the middle. Say, so, so you know, you know that aliens have populated underground tunnels in New Mexico, and that the CIA, you know, ran a program called MK Ultra, where they're pretty much propagandizing us, propagandizing us the whole time. And the guy looks at me like I'm a little bit crazy. No, obviously I don't. You know, Jared, no, you don't start off with that. You, you ask him a simple question, be like, hey man, like, uh, you know, you got young kids. I mean, I know this guy has young kids because I've seen him around. I said. I just ask him, like, what are you doing for school? You know, because I got young kids and we're trying to figure that out a little bit. And just let him talk. Just ask him about it. And, you know, most people know, like, most people, you know, see a little bit of the news or they, they have that crazy uncle on Facebook, you know, that talks about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, my uncle's pretty crazy. But, you know, there might be some truth to it. I mean, I think, I think people know about this stuff. You don't need to go all, you know, Alex Jones on them. <laughs> Even though Alex Jones has been proven right about you know ninety five percent of the stuff he's talked about or whatever, you know, like, oh. so I, I mean, <clears throat> again, I, I think there's a natural law to the world, you know, and, and this can be you know God or whatever, you know, but like 
there are things in the world that people have natural bullshit detectors to for the most part. And sometimes they're more attuned to it than others. But, um, you know, oftentimes people won't be vocal about it. It's again, it's that sort of idea of, you know, look at people's actions, not what they say. You know, oh, what do you think about, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and critical race theory in schools? You know, you ask people, say, oh, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Where do they send their schools? Where do they send their kids? Not to those schools, right? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't want my kids getting that shit. Are you kidding me? But, you know, they're not going to say that out loud because they're afraid of getting canceled. They're afraid of, you know, offending somebody or something like that. But you look at their actions and they're like, God, not, not what my kids anywhere near that stuff. Or, or, you know, maybe they're not at that extreme, but they're just like, yeah, I've, I've got some doubts about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them to the Catholic school just, you know, because, you know, that's, that's, I feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's interesting. Because, um, no, I, I, I struggle with that because, like, I know uh, a few people in the neighborhood I've, I've met and I've talked to them for a while, and they're very, um, they have different views as me and and i kind of like that and, and I've, I've talked to you about that before it's like i kind of like having people with different views around this way it's not an echo chamber right i'm not mm -hmm. just like when you and i talk we're very similar in, in certain aspects but you and i differ on, on on quite a bit as well um you know and and jim same thing you know like some you guys might be you know believing one thing way more than i do but i might still be on that side like i float in the middle a lot uh, and, and, and I, I blame that on the, my, my need for, uh, everybody to like me. <laughs> uh, I mean, You've identified the problem. <laughs> real, real talk, real talk. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I need everybody to like me and, um, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not blind to that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but so, so it is, it is interesting to me, um, you know, that, uh, that you, you know, you, you say that you talk to people and this is how you approach it. Cause like, that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm struggling. I don't want to, I don't want to come across as like, Oh God, he's one of those, you know, right wing nut jobs. And I'm like, no, no, I, I right wing on certain things. I'm left on other. Like, I just, I want, I don't know. It's, it's so well, difficult. I, I was, you know, I was, um, I was sitting outside on my front yard with, uh, my daughter and my brother and he was in town. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple empty lots around us that are, are being sold. And some lady was looking at one of the lots and she walked up with her kid and she was like, oh, do you guys live here? And I was, you know, I, I wasn't an ass. I didn't say, no, I'm just sitting in front of this house. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I said, yeah, we live here. And she said, oh, you know, how do you like the neighborhood? We're looking at this lot. And, you know, part of me was tempted to be like, um, yeah, it's a good neighborhood as long as you don't wear a mask and don't get vaccinated. You know, or like some yeah. sort of like to scare her off to be like, oh, yeah, if, if if you've got, you know, political beliefs or philosophies that are way different than mine, you know, I don't want you living near me. So let me just get that out of the way right now. I didn't say that, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there yet with uh, <laughs> how abrasively I want to interact with the world. I just told her, yeah, yeah, it's a great neighborhood and all that stuff. But like in, in the lots reserved now. So, you know, I, I think she's she's going to buy it. So I didn't scare her off. But um, but, you know, it, it, to the same extent, you know, you you want to live around like-minded people to a certain extent you know I, yeah no i don't i, I, I don't, I, don't I, I won't be convinced of that otherwise like you know these, it's that, that, that pack mentality everybody everybody's got that though it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to be the exact same views on everything but you know listen if 
yeah, we don't have to go into specific examples because it'll just get me in trouble. But like, yeah, I, I want to live around people who see the world relatively the same as I do um, because, you know, that's who I'm going to be interacting with. That's who my kids are going to be interacting with. That's just seems much more enjoyable. You know, I've, I've lived in the yeah. al- alternative, right, of, you know, downtown L.A., downtown Miami, where it's not that people had different views than me. I just didn't know what their views were because you know you don't know these people um and there's something maybe quasi appealing about that um well yeah there's i think it's very appealing to you know have your your privacy but at the same time i i think the uh, the the real appeal is is to have like you said like-minded people around you um yeah so you want to know my my real goal i think we should go with and i think you're you're attuned to this build a compound no, even better, way better. You're on the right track, though. Um, so you know, like cowboy or like Indians. You know, they were settler people. You know, they took their teepees. And Native Americans. Them. Thank you very much. Oh, and dots, feathers, whatever. So oh. you know, <laughs> you take your teepee, you pack it up, you move, set up camp, live there for a while. Same thing happened with uh, like you know the Mongolians and the steppe people in Asia, right? Let's do that, man. Let's get a group of like you know thirty people. We pool our resources, we get all get RVs and campers, and we move to Tennessee, we buy a piece of property, we live there for like three months, six months, a year, whatever, we have cows. Whenever we're done, we pack up, we move to Utah, set up a new camp. We're like modern steppe people, modern Indians. Um, all like-minded, I, I, you know, relatively like-minded people. I'm on board with it, but I feel like your wife, my wife, Jim's wife would not be on board with that. Well, but that's 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 the new that's the new world we're going into where we, so, we don't have women's so, rights anymore. The men just decide and we do what we want. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It's so, it's so yeah. alpha. They'll go along with it. Women. We women just want lost alpha listeners now. again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm um, jo- well, I'm kind of joking, but yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, the modern step people, I think it's going to be a movement. I mean, you're going to see it. I'm convinced you're going to see it. I don't think it's for me, but um, you will see some like MSNBC hit piece on, on modern nomads. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, I think, I mean, I, I think it would be great because then like, how do you get taxed, right? You get federal tax, but you won't get state yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you don't live anywhere for more than i think it's like six months or something like that yeah. so you're you're golden uh try to tax me now uh, <laughs> but no i don't i don't know i, I i'm I'm, uh, I'm 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 up for it i think that'd be a really fun way to live uh definitely have to do homeschooling right you have two kids oh, that's that's kids. one of the advantages of it right is you do homeschooling yeah. and, and you a community you know like we did this as, you know, as, you know, different groups of people have done this throughout all of history, right? I mean, obviously, we didn't have modern schooling, you know, 300 years ago or whatever. But, like, you know, we still raised kids all through history, you know, literally. Um, so why not, why not go back to that, you know, return to tradition a little bit? Um, so back, back, to, back to schooling, Back to school because I, I'm 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 really I like this is something that I really firmly believe in. I think that like modern day schooling needs to be completely revamped. And I like I, I know that you differ on a lot of this stuff because you think it should be taught at home. 
Um, but how, like, if you think about it, your kid goes to bed, let's say your kid goes to bed at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. All right. Um, so 10 to, uh, so they're sleeping, let's just say eight hours. Then they're in school, what, seven hours. So they're gone for what? 15 hours a day. And there's only 24, um, you know, we're not gone, but they're not with you for 15 hours. Um, your, your kid's sleeping outside or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My kid's gone while he's sleeping. Um, but, but so for me, I look at it and I say like, what, like who, yes, it's a lot of these things should be taught in school or in, in the house, but it, it can be reinforced in school. So I think that we should have more, um, life skills, more, um, just, just manners taught in school, right? Like when you, when you, I, I, I don't know, you, you didn't grow up in China, but you lived in China for, for quite a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did your wife grow up in China? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So did she go to school in China? In China? Like elementary yeah, school at all? A period, yeah. A period of her life she did. But, so I, I don't know if it's China. I don't know where it is, but I saw that they, 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 they don't even, they, they teach like the fundamentals first. They teach like manners. They teach things like that before they even get into math, before they even get into history, before they even get into science. They teach like, just like building blocks of, 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 you know, life, like, how to go ahead and say please and thank you, how to go ahead and open up a door. When you sit down for a meal, you don't, you don't do this, you don't do that. Like they teach that stuff. That to me is so appealing than to teach a, you know, a five-year-old or a six-year-old, you know, uh, you know, the history of, of, of the U S or the history of the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, agree or disagree. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but I, I think in a modern liberal, liberal you know, world, I, I don't mean liberal like, you know, Democrats, but just like, you know, we live in a f- sort of free country where people can pursue their own interests. Like, again, there's no s- overwhelming sense of cohesion. Like people got different interests that they want to pursue. So the idea that you're going to outsource your kid's education to a third party, which is a teacher or a school, and to expect that that institution will have similar values or the same values of you is, is, is maybe naively optimistic or hopeful. Like in, unless you're really strict with you know, where you send your kids to school. Um, and if it's public schools, you know, good luck with that because public schools have boards that have to you know, build curriculum for you know, their entire system, which is, is going to be a bunch of different types of people across all economic classes and racial classes and cultural classes and everything. So I guess on top, on top of the uh, ability to um, start a men's club, I need to start a private school so I can do this and test out my theories. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. Yes. The answer is yes. Like um, that's why one of the most encouraging things that I'm, I'm seeing a little bit, I, again, I, I'm, you know, I've got doubts of whether it will work is this idea of, of funding students and not systems. You're seeing some state legislatures start to push this and even pass this is this idea of like, um, you know, the money that your kid is that, you know, is allocated to your kid in some cities, let's say it's $15,000 a year, you know, that's the cost to educate a kid in you know, like an average public school system or something like that. 
And right now the public school gets that $15,000. The public school system gets that $15,000 to educate your kid. Where I think a much better solution is for the state just to cut you the equivalent of a check or, you know, the equivalent of a food stamp or a voucher for $15,000 that you can decide, you know, where you want to put that towards your kids. Will there be abuse of the system? Yeah, of course. You know, oh my God, there would be so much abuse. Can you imagine? So, can you imagine? What, what, what's, what's the alternative? Like the people that are going to abuse this system and then are going to cheat it are the same people that don't give a shit about their kids' education anyways. And I, I mean, I say that with, you know, I know that's a harsh thing to say, but like, all due respect. <laughs> not, not even, no, no, F those people. No, no respect to them. F those people. I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. Uh, no, no mincing words. Like if the government gives me a $15,000 check to ed educate my kid, like you better believe I'm going to want to put every 15, every bit of that $15,000 into educating my kid. Uh, Cause I care about my kids and most parents do care about their kids and most parents will do the right thing with it. But could you imagine if you had $15,000 every year to, to use towards tuition towards a school that, you knew was aligned with your values versus just putting them in public school and being like, yeah, there were a whole bunch of other kids in the neighborhood. Some of them have good parents. Some of them have bad parents, you know, the teachers, you know, some of them are good teachers. Some of them are bad teachers. Some of them love Christopher Columbus. Some of them hate Christopher Columbus. Like some of them are, you know, Christian. Some of them are radical Antifa. Like what? Like this, that's crazy that we outsource our, our education to other people. So cavalierly. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, and this is, you know, been going on for 30 years, you know, the idea of vouchers and charter schools and all that stuff. But, you know, if, if we are a serious nation that cares about our kids, which, you know, I think most parents do, um, we should be allowing parents to, like, I, I get the idea of public school traditionally, you know, this idea that like, okay, this is an opportunity for the government to, in essence, propagandize their kids. Again, I don't say that pejoratively, but into building a common culture so that, you know, if everybody goes to public school, then we all have this sense of what it means to be an American. And as we come out of public school, we've all got this sense of, you know, patriotism or, you know, commonality or, or whatnot. Like there's a there used to be an argument that there was a public good to educating kids in a public school system. I think that is completely out the window now because of, you know, because of what they teach in school, right? They, they in essence, largely are often, you, there are enough examples of teachers in curriculum aimed at teaching kids to hate their country, to hate themselves, to hate their race, to hate their, you know, whatever. And there's no reason, like this, this uh, provides no public good to society now. And the fact that we fund this with our public tax dollars is needs to change and needs to change drastically. Because I would feel much more comfortable sending to my kid to a, spending $15,000 sending my kid to a school run by Jeremy. Because I, I have belief that Jeremy would be, you know, promoting values and curriculum that are consistent with, you know, what I think is important. 100%? No, because I think you're an idiot 10% of the time. But I'd be willing to take the 10% idiot Jeremy versus like the toss up card of like you're being you're being generous with saying 10 percent it's your podcast but you know what i mean like yeah. I, I you know and i think if you had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with parents in your neighborhood like you know some of them are going to be tried and true you know public union supporting teacher you know democrats who are just like no public schooling till i die it's you know it's the only way to do it and you know those people i think just 
have their head up their ass uh, relative to the world that we live in now. Um, but I think there's plenty of people in your neighborhood who would say, man, p- please, <laughs> you know, like give me a, an education system um, that, I, that I feel comfortable sending my kid to. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean. Because $15,000 is a lot of money. Like, if, like that's what most, like that's kind of like ballpark what a lot of private schools cost. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the reason, you know, public school is like, I guarantee your kid's not getting $15,000 worth of education at public school, right? Because, you know, half of that is more or whatever, you know, a huge percentage of that is tied up in administration stuff and paying for pensions for, you know, teachers and just all this other crazy stuff that, you know, I'm not trying here, trying to shit on public school teachers or anything like that. But um, I guarantee you, your kid's not getting $15,000 worth of value. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I, my public school education was great. I, I I legit had amazing teachers. I I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't think that they were forcing me to think one way or another. Um, it was it was it was actually really cool. But I think that the trend has now shifted. I think for sure. Um, and yeah, to be honest, like. I, I just I just wish you know education just like the news and just like you know certain things should just automatically be biased or not biased um, uh, impartial. You, you shouldn't it shouldn't be one way or another. It should just you should be stating facts. You should be stating like one plus one equals two. Yeah, I mean facts work in math, but you know facts work in science too. Science, I mean you know uh, maybe. I'm not so sure about that. You know, like look look at where science has us now. You know, we I mean H2O is water, right? Can't make okay. up water without without hydrogen and, okay. and oxygen, right? Okay. Yeah, to the extent as long as you have very tight parameters on that, but as soon as you get to history, you know, that's that's where our problems lie. That's and that's why politics well, and education history has facts. And culture. No history has facts though. No, history hasn't has history has no facts. History is written. I mean, uh, <laughs> okay, that's that's true, that's true. But I mean, are you saying that like World War Two was was not started by, uh, you know, the, the U.S. didn't get involved after Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, bombed us? Are you uh, saying that why 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 did why did the Japanese bomb us? I mean, I. I Okay, you don't know, right? Why? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't talk about that. Is it because we put extremely high tariffs on Japan and their oils and, and we, in essence, threatened them into bankruptcy and they felt that they had nothing to do but to enter the war to bomb us because it was a you know last recourse? Were they pulled into the war by so, Roosevelt? So, so, so... Possibly, but we don't talk about that because, oh, let's just talk about the fact that they bombed us because, uh, you know... Well, if that's, if that's the case, that's, that's even worse, right? Like, I would, I would much rather them just be like, no, we agreed with the Germans, right? Because if you go ahead and say, well, you put a lot of tariffs on us and we're forcing us into bankruptcy, so we decided to bomb you, I would go ahead and be like, well, that's the most ridiculous reason to bomb somebody ever. Why? If somebody threatens your livelihood... Like, I mean, you just gonna sit there and take it? No, like I'm not. I'm not no. justifying Pearl Harbor here, but like I'm. I'm just saying <laughs> the, the fact. I mean, like I'm. I'm open to doing that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm open to having that conversation. Like, there are two sides to every story. I don't think like J- Japanese people woke up with just some like violent rage in their eyes one day and said, "Let's go bomb America." Like, there are two sides to every story. So this idea that like, okay, you know, we entered World War II after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. That's a fact. 
that doesn't that fact in isolation doesn't mean anything it needs context and you know history without context is is, is meaningless so yeah I mean, no i agree yeah so but but these are like these are really important conversations that are either not being had in school because you know we don't want to have the conversations because you know we want to promote some level of propaganda again not a bad thing necessarily or because we're incapable of having the conversations or and what i think what's happening more recently is you have a radical group of people designing the curriculum that are doing so with the explicit intent it may be not explicit, but definitely with the intent, I think often explicit, of undermining American values and undermining our sense of community. Um, and sometimes it's for very nefarious reasons, and sometimes it's you know for less nefarious reasons, but it's definitely happening. Um, and the idea that, that um, you're going to be able to just teach facts in school around subjects like history, um, I, I think is, is um, you know, probably unlikely. Like, so, I mean, I, I agree with the larger point, you know, we should be focusing on math and, and science to some extent, um, but let's not I think that we can only teach those subjects um, because those are the only fact-based subjects, right? Because, because then you, that inevitably leads down this completely materialistic world, this lack of spiritual world that, you know, I've been you know, harping on already because uh, you have to teach literature because that's that's where that's where life takes place right like you can't just live in a mathematical scientific world um, yeah no it's you true. can but it's but it's 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 uh, i think it's anti-humane um to to remove you know sort of literature and and history and things that are not black and white from from life no, I, I I always I always enjoy having the conversation with you. I, I don't know if this is going to be the most uh, you know exciting podcast for people listening to because we we talked a lot about you know just yeah. uh, not really political. It is political stuff. People would cause or call it political stuff, but we talked about you know the mask wearing. We talked about uh, you know government. We talked about schooling. We talked about everything. Um, but. For for me, I, I I enjoy this because I, I I'm always learning. You know, I like I said the the equi uh, equity uh, portion of it was was eye opening to me because I was like, damn, you know what? He just brought up a real good point, and and what you described was what I'm against. And then I was just telling you like, oh, equity sounds great. <laughs> you know, so so after after you explained, it, I was like, oh fuck, I just didn't. I it, it, that was just me being such a moron and not uh well i mean not, no you're not, not a moron the propaganda is made to be effective and that that's a perfect piece of propaganda it takes just something wow why wouldn't i share my stool with them this is a, a duh like this is so nice and it, and it and it makes you think of course like there's why if, unless i really think why something's wrong with that why would i challenge that um so yeah. yeah don't 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 you know shoot yourself you know in the foot for for kind of falling for that for lack of a better word i mean it's it's appealing on at a certain resolution so yeah, no, this is this was this was good, and and I'm uh, I, I, I'm taking away where I am gonna start a, a quote unquote men's club. Yes, uh, do it in my community, and I will let you know how that goes. And uh, you know, maybe we'll do like a, a meeting once a month uh, for it and, and things like that. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm totally excited about that. Uh, I also 
Did you listen uh, to G's Monday Motivation, by the way? I, I, I made it through about eight minutes. I fell asleep last night. Um, we've, we've had it's no, no comment on G. We've, we've, we have a young kid in the house and sleeping. Is, is no, that's fine. Um, right now, so. But yeah, so, so I, I also had a guest on, uh, I think it was two Mondays ago or last Monday. It was the 15th. Um, and she talked about, uh, you know, a life list and shared that, you know, you create a life list of a hundred things you want to accomplish. And it's not like a bucket list. It's a life list because you want to, you want to keep adding things. So it's not like after you cross it off, you don't have 99 things to do. You have to put another thing on there. So you're always just keep on, you know, living basically is what it's, it's motivating you to do. So I, I'm, I'm going to put that on my, my life list to create a men's, men's, uh, men's organization. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, I think I, I encourage you to do so. Um, I, I think we need more of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I try and, you know, I'm, I, I try not to, to get too talky about politics per se, because, you know, I, I think this is sort of, um, you know, a Straussian idea of, you know, politics and, and philosophy are, are intertwined, but they're also different. Like the day to day politics is, you know, they're, they're, kind of important because it affects our daily life but I, I don't think I don't think the problems that we have as a civilization are anywhere near being addressed at the political level um, and you know if if uh, and I think that's where our goal should be aligned right we should be looking at like what what is best for like you know both our families you know in the long run but also like civilization as, as, as a whole I tell you, I, I told you this before. I told you this when, when you and I had our, our little thing that we did, our podcast thing that we did. And I, I immediately think of what's best for me, then what's best for my family, then what's best for my extended family, then my community, then my, you know, and, and you keep on building out like that. I hate, I hate to sound <laughs> selfish, but that's, that's the way that's the way I think. And so when you said that, it just brought back that, you know, the thought. I'll pull it up and I'll send it to you. Just this last week, and again, I haven't looked into how robust the study was, but there was something going around talking about how, um, <clears throat> I don't know what the dividing line was. I don't think it was Republicans and Democrats. I think, you know, it was maybe people identify as conservative versus liberal or something like that. But they had a heat map in, like, think of concentric circles. So, in, you know, in the middle and then a larger circle, larger circle, larger circle. Mm -hmm. and it, was, it was a heat map of, you know, where do you prioritize importance to you? And like the inside of the circle is family and, or, you know, maybe yourself and then family. And then like, you know, got, as it gets farther out in the concentric circles, it's, um, you know, humanity or something like that. And, you know, the, the heat map for the conservatives was much more focused towards the middle of the circle and the heat map for, you know, liberal, I'll, I'll look and see what the dividing line was, but let's call it liberals was much more towards the outside of the map um so this idea that you know what we prioritize is you know as you know again we'll call it liberals is you know humanity you know glo global humanity um the good of everybody um versus you know conservatives let's call it have a greater prioritization on you know family and community and so on and so forth um and i mean that's not like a shocking finding I, th I think if you think about it it's that's you know kind of how those groups are defined in a way but um to have some sort of scientific you know a, somebody trying to apply some scientific rigor to it and have a sort of a visualization of how that takes place i think a lot of people are like yep 
that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's not to say that one is, is better than the other. I mean, I certainly have my beliefs and I have them for, you know, a lot of reasons that I've reasoned myself into and a lot of reasons that I've, I, I just believe that because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't explain to you why, like it's something biological. Um, but I, I think it says a lot about maybe the conflicts we have as a, as a society is because we've got these people with different innate preferences. Um, and then we're trying to force these people to, to live together. Um, and it, you know, creates conflict. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to hear you say that. I'll, I'll pull that up and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Send it, send it over to me. I would love to, uh, I'd love to look at that. Um, I, I, I don't know if you see but in our, our little group here, uh, since I, I did this as a live show because you mm -hmm. couldn't figure out the technology on how to record it privately with me. Uh, we now have listeners. We have like nine people listening live right now. And one person said, if you could ask any president anything, who would it be? What would it be? Uh, so I, I, I want to end it with that question because uh, I'm kind of curious. I, it, was a, it was a good question. So um, I'm kind of curious what president would you, would you ask a question to and, and, and what would that question be? Um, yeah, this is maybe taking a spin on the question, but um, if I could talk to George Washington right now, seeing what he's seen, I'd ask him if, if, he'd, uh, if he'd give up power again. Um, you know, that's sort of George Washington, oh. sort of one thing that he's sort of you know, admired for is, you know, you know he could have, he could have become a king or a monarch maybe, but he decided to, you know, give up, you know, the throne or the presidency. That's um, a great answer. Yeah. But now that he's seen what he's seen, you know, yeah. Wow. Do do that? Love that. Love that. Um, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna go more. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream, Donald? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 how was it with wood teeth? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was, I was thinking uh, more along the lines of like asking, you know, uh, any any real like wartime um, uh, any real wartime uh, president. Ask them like what what made them what made them like pulled the trigger on that you know like you know when we dropped the atomic bomb when we you know when we decided to go to war um you know uh, the first time the second time the third time you know like any any wartime president that was that was my yeah you know that would that would have been my my question is like what was the what was the breaking point hmm. yeah i would say um probably raytheon gave you another 10 million dollars in your bank account <laughs> nice no I, so, I, 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 no I do like that that is that is a good answer i mean that's it'd be interesting to get behind the yeah just 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 get the moment of making that decision yeah yeah, yeah. that would that, that's that's always been an interesting you know uh, uh thing that i've thought of is like what what goes through their mind because i mean it's you know the buck ends with them you know so uh, i that was that was really as soon as I as soon as I read that question. By the way, good question. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I was I was uh, I was interested, but I, I I don't want to cut it short. But we've been going for two hours, and uh, it tells me that uh, live will uh, be stopping in one minute because they have a two hour limit. <laughs> so uh, Falcon, thank you very much, everybody that joined in. Thank you, and I will uh, you know. 
I'll be uh, posting again next week uh, for another episode of the Instant Journeyman. Thank you. See you, guys. This episode is sponsored by Eat Right Foods, the official partner of the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres. So if you're looking to eat like a professional athlete or you just want to improve your life by eating cleaner and freeing up time for those things that really matter in life, Eat Right Foods provides a huge assortment of high-quality foods with easy online ordering and kitchen-to-door delivery. Uh, If you're in the Buffalo area, you can do pickup. Or if you are anywhere in the U.S., you can go ahead and order online where all meals are just $10 each. Shipping to the East Coast is included, and all Midwest and West Coast orders have a flat rate for shipping. Uh, Orders are due every Thursday by noon. And then you get them the following week. Uh, all orders will be shipped out uh, the following Monday. And boom, meals to your door. So check out eatrightfoods.com. Giggy Bank Payment Tracker. Uh, whether you are a dog walker, personal trainer, or anything, um, you can save time tracking your self-employment income, right? If you use spreadsheets, notebooks, or really nothing at all, then Giggy Bank's for you. You can download today, and your first three clients are free. Uh, it's very easy to use. Giggy Bank tracks a single balance for each client. Enter gigs to track work done and increase the balance and payments to uh, bring the balance down. It's as simple as that. So uh, check out Giggy Bank in the app stores. All right, and SaberCon. For all your concrete restoration needs in South Florida, reach out to Jim or Scott at SaberCon. And last but certainly not least, uh, VitFit Keys uh, is one of the best uh, trainers with uh, Melissa. She will get your butt into shape. So thank you all, and have a great week.